fun show today as Team Scam and Team Kreeth are in the house getting ready for the podcast for the People League tonight. We did the Podcast League draft last night, and yeah, we have a lot to talk about. But also, our bold predictions for the 2017 season. Jerry's Familia only suspended 15 games. We have more position battles to update you on, more injuries, the sleeperometer, and, you know, spring training and all that stuff. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com is the email address. So, how did we do last night? How was the draft? Outstanding. <laughs> One of the best drafts I've been a part of. I was happy. i, t- I got to tell you something, Heath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys can listen, too. Chris nope. Scott. Taking my heads off. <laughs> Not to cough this time. Um, I, I think I like picking in the middle. I usually yes. like picking on the ends. Yes. I Preach. I was happy with the, I had the sixth pick last night. I was pretty happy with the results. And I noticed that I did a mock draft. Earlier, I don't know, whenever it was, and I had like the sixth or seventh pick, and I was happy with the results, and I think it's a good place to be. I feel like I'm usually alone in the industry on this, but I always prefer a mid-round pick as opposed to like a bookend pick or, or one of those picks where you're picking twice in a row very close together. I had the first pick, so, you know, Mike Trout, that's obviously a very good thing, but the rest of the draft, it felt like a curse because I feel like always forces you to kind of reach a little because there's so much time between yeah. the Scott, pick and your not next Not as much pair. as Chris Scott? was reaching. Chris was reaching a lot last I night. Think, I think you're just a nervous Nelly. You're just, he is a little bit. You're he's, always he's, you're always like, ah, I hate my team. I hate my team. I hate my he team. He puts and a lot of thought into and it. It's like, like, I, I feel, just I, calm down. Take a breath. You like, <laughs> you like drafting, okay. right, Scott? Of course I like drafting. I feel like you also hate drafting. I feel like it's <laughs> it seems like a very high-stress um, situation for it's, you. It's, it is stressful, but, I mean, the, the, um, the euphoria when it goes well yeah, is great. Nice. Like, yeah. but this was not one of those drafts for me. This was like this was like a manic. struggle. <laughs> Chris was owning the draft room last night, by the way. Well, he decided to use his Yasmani problems. Tomas. No, no Yasmani. don't mess it up. <laughs> Yasmani money Tomas problems. It's such a such a bad bad name. name. But it's good. And Chris just no. gave us. Did plays you see on my Did you see names. my logo? No, it's an outstanding picture of Yasmani Mine Tomas. All right, well, look, we'll get into the podcast league later. Um, since we're doing our bold predictions today, I thought I'd read one from Zach. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is the big news in the next – this is his bold prediction. Tyler Glasnow is in the big news in the next day or so and is the most added player next fab run as Glasnow wins the rotation spot. Grab Tyler Glasnow tonight. Obvious, right? I do think he is going to win the job just because, gosh, Drew Hutchison stunk it up. Yeah, he got sent down. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, but it, it, what about Trevor Williams? Is he still? I think he's still kicking around. Yeah, uh, I do think Tyler Glass now wins it. I don't know that he's there. There's so much depth at the like borderline draftable range of starting pitchers that I don't know that Tyler Glass now, with presumably the in- innings limits he's going to face and everything, is necessarily must add. Obviously, a lot of upside there if you want to add him, but he's not. You know, he's well, not somebody I'm putting a big star next to. What's the innings limit he's likely to face? He threw 140 innings last year. I would imagine like 170-ish. But do we think he could be do we think Tyler Glassell can be great? Yeah. Heath? Great in terms of fantasy and 2016? Yeah. No. no? Or seven. Definitely not 2016. No, not 2016. I would no. bet I would bet against it. Um yes. I think he could be a great pitcher one day, but I don't think he's going to be a a league winner in 2017, no. 
All right. So we didn't. He did not go. He did not get drafted. I'm just saying another guy who didn't get drafted. I was kind of surprised because he was in my queue in the last round. Daniel Norris didn't get drafted. He's got a bit of an arm issue right now. Doesn't seem serious, but um, Matt Boyd got drafted and Daniel Norris didn't. You guys realize that? Well, That's a little weird. Matt Boyd's been really good lately, and Daniel Norris has a dead arm. Yeah, something like that. So, like, I feel like both of those like, guys will probably be on and off rosters this year. So let's start with the one that we know is going to make his next start. And of, the, of the things that could be dead, like the arm is – like, you know, most things when they're dead, it's final. The arm, when it's dead, it comes back to life. Well, it it's, it's, just a, it's just a turn of phrase. Yeah. Well, well, the way he said it, actually like, so, it's it's he like, said it with such finality. It was it's, it's like, <laughs> re, like sleepy is a more yeah, sleepy arm. It's like it's like a sleepy arm. Like he's got like coma arm. That's like a dead leg, you know. <laughs> dead legs suck, but they come back. All right. Um, so here's something that I've been sort of noticing. I know people still are drafting. Uh, I my approach to starting pitching has changed because Matt's is hurt, Rodon is hurt. Noah's had a bad spring, and those were three guys that I, I really liked mm-hmm. as my probably number four starter, but I guess... Number two. Yeah, <laughs> I would say number four, um, but, you know, ten, round 10 and later kind of guys. Matt Harvey's interesting. Uh, just a lot of guys that I did like drafting I don't really want to draft right now, unless I get them at a discount. So I kind of want to prioritize pitching more than I did even a week or two ago. Anyone mm-hmm. else? Heath? In this particular draft, I think I did because of the way that it went. I got Cueto and Cole Hamels, so I've got that f- going for me, which is nice. Um, and then I went with a lot of those same young guys. I'm not as worried about the Aaron Nola slow start as you are. I got some Robbie Ray. I think there's still plenty of upside pitchers to take as your third, fourth, and fifth starters. There I, are. I do want to have two have good to pitchers. Go, you have to go. Ray actually lasted until the end of round 14, which was kind of surprising. But I feel like in this draft, and I don't know how representative this draft is of every draft, because obviously everybody in this league listens to the podcast, but there wasn't a lot of those high upside arms slipping through. And now no, pitchers, th- and went, now that pitchers the, went pretty early. And now that the, the selection of them has been reduced, it's even more so. This, this was the draft of the leagues we're actually playing out anyway. This is the draft where I went the heaviest on pitching. And like I said, I'm a little concerned about my lineup, but I don't like it's one of those things like you won't know until later whether it was the right call or not. One I one thought I've had um, that I haven't really totally put into words about pitching versus hitting. All right, let's just try it now. Last year going into this year is that I feel like it's harder. Last year it was harder to, than ever to differentiate yourself by way of hitters. There was the you know, top 20, top 25, the guys we typically draft in the first couple rounds who really stood out from the pack. But beyond that, particularly in a league with as small a roster size, as small as lineup sizes as this one, it's it's hard to differentiate yourself from your competition because there's so many alike hitters. And, you know, obviously a record for the number of players who hit 20 more, more home runs, it all contributes to that. So starting pitching, even though it's inherently more volatile, it might be the best way of distinguishing yourself. That's how I'm feeling. I feel like hitting is so deep. Maybe we go back to, you know, maybe we go back to 2015 and earlier and, and pitching becomes deep again and you can just pick people up off the waiver wire all the time. But that was not the case last year. And as I do my drafts, I'm really basing it on mostly last year. 
And I, I don't know, I, especially in shallower leagues, I'm just seeing so much good hitting available late, and pitching really dries up. And, and I don't know, like, yeah, there, there is a lot of upside. But almost all of these pitchers with upside have a lot of downside, too. So I don't want that many of them. I want three or four, I want four guys in my rotation. If I have a, if I only have to start five starting pitchers, I want eight guys on my roster. I want five starters and three bench pitchers. And I want four of my starters. I want to feel really good about them. And it's been hard to do for me. Bring it. I do, well no, I just for me I, I keep coming back to when faced with more evidence of the inherent frailty of pitching your response is to invest more heavily in those inherently but, frail. But I just but let me just say this because I understood I understand where you're coming from, but things have changed for me with Rodon and Matt's going to start the season on the DL almost certainly. Uh, and with Nola having such a bad spring, I don't have nearly as much confidence as those guys as really good number four starting pitchers and maybe even number three starting pitchers. And I just think that has really changed things. Like I took Robert Gazelman in what, like the eleventh yeah, or twelfth round yesterday. Well, you, I, I you think reached, but there really were. Hard but who Robert, went so. after Robert Gazelman? There were no. I don't think there was anybody that went after well, Robert Gazelman. That Robbie was like, Ray. Oh, Robbie Ray had a, had an ERA over uh, around five okay. last year. No, I didn't. There's a ton of downside. Uh, yeah, wrote on Gray. Yeah, all the injured guys. Uh, John Gray's fine. No, oh, John Gray. <laughs> I thought you meant Sonny he Gray. He stubbed his toe. I thought he meant yeah. Sonny Gray. I thought he meant Sonny Gray. No, John uh, Gray no, was I was, I was surprised. Tywan Walker. Gazelle, you took Gazelman at a point where I thought there was still some upside pitchers left. But I don't, upside, I don't want to yeah, get... but, but again, everybody I, has downside. Getting back to the point Chris was making, I, I think it's more like you're saying, okay, your response to all these – the. You know, play, pitchers getting injured, high upset pitchers getting injured. Like Chris is saying, well, maybe you should use that as a cautionary tale of yep. why you shouldn't invest heavily in pitchers. But that's my entire you know, that's I, my entire strategy is that pitchers are so volatile. Not just their 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 the inherently frail nature of their of their profession, but the fact that so much of what they do is outside of their control. But because right. hitting is that's, so deep, I don't think it's that much of an investment. Like if I yeah. take three starting pitchers that I'm really comfortable with, let's say three top 25 starting pitchers in the first seven or eight rounds of a 12-team league, that's a really good start for me. And then maybe I take a fourth one in like round nine. I still don't think that's that much of an investment. I could still have a really good core of hitters like I did last night. It it becomes a a matter of opportunity cost. What are you, by investing in the pitchers, what are you sacrificing? And in a league where so few hitters are drafted, I'm I'm not sure it's that much either. So I, I, I guess I'm... More on the Adam side of this debate. I think maybe a better way to illustrate it, because I don't think your lineup is bad at all. I love but my lineup. I think you should compare your hitters to Chris's hitters and see that you're clearly behind in that area. Like I, I have, but Chris needs so much to go right with his. Who's pitching your, what's staff. your well? He, he doesn't have to be be as good as Adam. As right, that's the thing. And and Scott got really mad last night because I drafted Matt Harvey, and I've been <laughs> the Matt Harvey skeptic, but Matt Harvey kind of exemplifies the approach that I have to take to my pitching staff, which is that he's the most high-variance pitcher in baseball. I'm not going to invest heavily in Matt Harvey expecting him to be really good. I'm going to invest in Matt Harvey at a pretty low price in the hopes that he can be very good. Wasn't and that low, not, though? What would you take, around like 10 or 11? He was your number one pitcher, or Gosman number was two. your number Kevin one Kevin Gosman was number one. Yeah, look, it's not a strong pitching staff. Kevin Gosman, Matt Harvey, Joe Ross, Vince Velasquez, and Tywin Walker. However, I have three guys that in Ross, Velasquez, and Walker that I invested very little in who I think have number one or number two upside. Or they could be dropped. 
sure. by the end of April. But I think, but I think that's also true of a pitcher that you could dra- draft in the fifth round. It wouldn't no, shock I don't, I don't think. There. It what wouldn't pitcher shock, could be dropped? Unless he Cole, just suffers it wouldn't a shock devastating me if Cole Hamels, injury. who's 33 years old and saw his peripherals take a step back he, across the board He's one of my least season. favorites. That's but, fine. But, but you Chris have to, Archer, Carlos Chris Carrasco, Archer was terrible last season. He was, season but nobody dropped months. him when he was terrible. Right, but only because, because you think he could be good. You kept. That's another thing. Yeah, is he's that you're proven going to, he's good. But you're going to continue to start someone like Chris Archer because of. But, he had but a really you're not Taiwan Walker. You're sure. n- like if Taiwan Walker is terrible in April, and I there's and no I drafted him in the fifteenth round. All right, so right, but he's as your third pitcher. So hey, what are you going to do? You should also mention before we forget, Chris, the downside of your the week one downside of of your pitching strategy. Yeah, I I only have one two star pitcher in week one. Yeah, so that stinks. If, Scott if has really four. Yeah, I don't. No, that that that's even not got, really a big I'm gonna deal. Have, I'm going to have five in week two. Yeah, like that's that's just <laughs> if they haven't gotten cut already. It's a, sure, <laughs> um, you know, unless Talon Walker gets you know ejected from from the league. But for the most part, I think I I will have a, a multitude of number of two star pitchers in week two. All but right, that's, that's interesting. Uh, but like my hitters, I who have are your hitters. I have five guys that I think could be first round values: Joey Votto, uh, Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton, Freddie Freeman, and. If Jonathan VR just has the season he had last yeah, year, I have better hitters than you. You don't. <laughs> I do. You My don't. hitters are amazing. You don't. Like <laughs> I have, I probably have. Who's a your second baseman? D Gordon. D Gordon. Who was like the second to last offensive player I drafted. I, let me tell you a, a nice strategy if you're doing a Freddie Freeman draft. is my utility. I drafted number forty overall. I got Freddie Freeman in the fourth round. As your utility? As my utility. All right. So Chris's let, hitting is really good. I mine's mean, better. So um, let me just tell you. <laughs> Well, let me just tell you, uh, I think a good strategy in, in head-to-head points leagues, if you're doing a points league draft, look for plate appearances. I have Carlos Santana, Carlos Correa, George Springer, Devin Travis, Chris Bryant. Uh, I have like five or six guys who are going to hit first, second, or third in really good lineups. Um, so that's that helps, I think, You know, in, in, specifically in a head-to-head points league. Uh, it just helps to have those guys who are going to get a lot of at-bats and a lot of plate appearances. Not to say it. My hitting's not better than Chris's. So, but so like DJ LeMayhew, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Charlie Blackman, Odubel Herrera, Starling Marte, guys like that. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. Except mine are better, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get into the news and notes. Jairus Familia suspended only 15 games. If you already drafted and yeah. you drafted Jairus Familia, you are very happy right now. Uh, where is he in your closer rankings? I moved him up. I think just a spot. I was I was already pretty comfortable drafting him as a number one, um, but now he's like twelfth. Why wouldn't he be like fifth? Because he doesn't have quite the strikeout rate or base uh, base runner prevention that a lot of the top closers have. He'll probably get a ton of saves again because the Mets are good and have a good pitching staff. But like. Calvin Herrera, Calvin Herrera, Familia. Calvin Herrera is who is directly ahead of Familia for me because I feel like Herrera. the upside is higher. Do you have Wade Davis behind Familia? Uh, I've thought about it. No, I don't. I still have him like seventh. And the thing is, I draft with Heath so often, I never come close to drafting Wade Davis, so I haven't been motivated to move him down. But I really don't want him. Yeah, Heath got Wade Davis last night. Uh, the tenth round, I think. The sixth closer off the board. Adrian Why? Beltre uh, may not be ready for the season opener. He has a calf injury. He will, he says he won't be 100% for two or three weeks. And I sort of interpreted that like if he sat. But um, Beltre, if he goes on the DL, might only miss five games. This is a 10-day DL, and they could backdate it. 
It's got to be a small downgrade, though. We're talking about a guy that's yeah. I don't know. This 37? is his second calf injury of the spring. And he's 37. Yeah. It's a small downgrade if you're already down on him. But oh, if right. you're not, like Chris drafted him, I thought kind of early. I was a little surprised when you took What were you thinking last night? Yeah, round six for Adrian Beltre. What a dumb draft. I, it honestly surprised <laughs> me that he might start the season on the L. He's got two calf injuries this spring, and it's such a deep position that I feel like there's is a it lot though? of ri- – Yeah. It is, is it, though? It is. I ended up with Ryan Healy as my starter. Because you because underestimated you that people well, took no, third baseman you, at utility. No, you didn't draft a third baseman ever. Like that was well, Anthony yeah. Rendon was available in the eleventh round. I that, was, that's not a that's not a third base well, issue. Here, that's here, a Scott White here, issue. This <laughs> this <laughs> goes this goes to the what I was saying about having a bookend pick. Rendon went in round eleven when Evan Longoria was still on the board. I saw only one other team needed a third baseman. It was the guy who took Rendon. I thought there was a reasonable chance Longoria would make it all the way back to me, even though it's never reasonable to think anyone will make it all the way back to you. And sure enough. Longoria was the second utility player taken before it got back to me. And at that point, it was like, I mean, I mean Michael Franco. Yeah, Michael I, Franco went in the 14th. A guy, who, I took him. a guy who never walks in a points league. He I also just, never strikes out. I don't feel like, like. You could be in trouble. With Pablo Ryan Sandoval Healy. went undrafted. Jose Reyes went undrafted. Um, Sounds yeah. about right. Like, Ryan Healy's, right, you can Ryan Healy's had a good spring and had a good September. So I'll give it, a, I'd rather pay nothing for him, give it a shot with him, and hope that. If it doesn't work out, I figure something out on the way. <laughs> but it is wire. a deep position. Let's it, it, let's it, be clear. It is. Yeah. It is a very I just, deep position. I just wanted to point out the the uh, the the biggest oddity on my team last night, which is that I don't have a very good third baseman at all. And for fantasy owners, you got to it's a deep position third base. But if you wait and wait and wait, people are going to take backup third baseman as their utility. So it's not like you can say, okay, well I'm in a 12 team league, 11 have been drafted, I'm just going to wait. Like I kind of did that with second base. I took Devin Travis. I was the last person to take a second baseman, and I was going to wait until, like, round 20, but I got him in round 15 because I thought the Kipnis owner might take Devin Travis before I got the chance. Um, and I don't know if Forsyth got drafted. Do you guys remember Forsyth? Uh, I could check real quick. W- if he did, it would have been really late. He did not. Uh, Aaron Judge might start the season in the minors. Luis Severino will be the Yankees' number four starting pitcher. By the way, if Judge starts the season in the minors, AL only Aaron Hicks. Randall Gritchick was hit by a pitch on the hand. He didn't break his hand, though. Um, so that's hopefully just day-to-day. Gregory Polanco is making progress. We kind of talked about it in the draft room last night. Scott took him first pick of round six, Polanco? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Round seven. Oh, first pick. And everybody loved it except me. <laughs> I, I don't – why wouldn't you like it? I mean, if he were healthy, I mean, he was a great pick. He hasn't proven that he's good yet. He wasn't like yeah, he's, his, his he's proven it. His point production last year didn't come like you, you know what he I'm was like he say, he scored though. like thirty points fewer than Jose Abreu but who it had was a bad the, year and was, was still the on the board. It was the injuries. It was all the injuries. Okay. It was probably largely the injuries. Like I can I can make that case for Bryce Harper because he had one of the all time great seasons in twenty fifteen, but Gregory Polanco, who like he hasn't proven he's more than like a borderline number two, three outfielder in this format. You still, you got him at probably a twenty-five to thirty pick discount from where he's usually going. I would prefer in a league where there's so few lineup spots that you really need everyone to be super strong. Every lineup spot to be super strong. I'd, I'd prefer. Yeah, you, you might, uh, I'd prefer a better fourth best hitter than Gregory Polanco. You might have just gotten a, a first round pick next year. 
if if you believe me, because he's going to be amazing. He was great in the WBC. I can. He was I'll great. He was great before he got hurt last. He's year. exceptionally talented. He's. I know he has a lot of upside. I I get okay. this. I just don't. With my sixth round pick, I don't like. <laughs> It's being God, entirely so down on, on his team. We, we Seventh to, round. We got to change the, the mojo because this is, we've we've fallen into this trap where Scott criticizes his team and Adam criticizes Chris's team. And <laughs> can we I just th- criticize Heath's team? I think please? I, no. We we need to just change the tone real quick. Okay. And I think it would be a good time for your apology. My apologies. Yes. Are we going to talk about how great Heath's team is? No. You should apologize to all of our listeners that also enjoy the game of golf. And your terrible take on Twitter last night. My terrible take on Twitter no last night. What, what did I say? About that golf? Caddyshack was not a sports movie. Caddyshack is not oh. a sports movie. Are you, you out of your mind? You don't think that golfers are athletes. I, I said I actually said the same thing to Heath, not on Twitter, yesterday, before you even brought it up. I, I kind of had yeah. that same feeling. I it's have just a, kind of a screwball okay. comedy that takes place wait, on Adam, a golf course. Yeah, yeah it's but, not a wait, sports movie. But you, you're like on the Die Hard as a Christmas movie train. No. Right? Okay. Oh my God! It, don't you ever say that. The to whole me, Chris thing. Dowers. The whole oh. thing centers around this golf course and the caddy. And there is and a competition. The, Adam, there is a competition where he has to win the caddy like, tournament. The Big Lebowski is clearly a bowling movie. Just apologize. Is Raging Bull a sports movie? I don't yes. think Big Lebowski is no, a bowling yes. movie. Yes, the Big Lebowski. Like a third of the movie takes place in a bowling alley. But okay, so but this, it's not is, about, this is interesting. Right, like, can we do, let's do this later. This let's, do this later. <laughs> let's do this later. Let's do this later. Let's do this later. Fine. Um, Daniel Norris has a sleepy arm, as we mentioned. Addison Russell says his back is 100. percent And Stephen Matz appears likely to start the season on the DL, as we mentioned. Let's do the sleeper meter. I'm going to throw out some names that we haven't really talked about much lately. Just check in on them, and you tell me 0 to 10. Are they good sleepers? 0, no way, don't draft them. 10, oh, yeah, I like them. Late-round pick. Austin Hedges, two home runs yesterday. 7 in a two-catcher format. Yep, 7. What? What? I, I missed the Hedges. rating scale. <laughs> what you, sleeper-o-meter. Okay. 0 to 10. All right, yeah, 7 works for me. He's still on my sleeper list. Uh, Eric Thames. <laughs> Eric Thames, one home run this spring, and he's now dealing with Jesus Aguilar who has seven home runs and a 466 batting average. Can I just point out one thing before we move on? Yeah. He hasn't been hitting at Miller Park yet. <laughs> Aguilar or Thames? Thames. <laughs> uh, I would say two. He's two. Very hard to draft right now, I think. Okay. I was going to say I was debating between four and five, and I, I never draft Thames. I, the biggest concern for me is playing time, even before Aguilar entered the picture. I think Thames will play against virtually all righties, whether it's left field or first base. But I don't know how much against lefties. Travis Jankowski, zero to ten. Five. Yeah. Um, I'll go like two on him. Five in a roto league. Sorry, I just don't think he's very good. I don't see anybody taking him. No. Is he behind like Rajay Davis? For me, yes. Right in that range. Yeah. I think Davis is more proven and has a clearer job. Uh, Justin Bohr. Justin Bohr. Anybody? I'll go three. Uh. Decent corner infielder in a deeper league, but not much more than that. Zero. Not a lot of growth potential. Yeah, he'll just give you, more he'll, bats. He'll give you 25 homers. Here's an interesting one. Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick batted leadoff for the Astros yesterday. He's going to bat like probably around sixth in the regular season. Got a $52 million deal this offseason. I feel like irresponsible. I haven't really talked, brought up Josh Reddick enough. Uh, A.J. Hinch wants him to play against some lefties. So apparently it's like, if he faces a really tough lefty like Chris Sale, not going to play. But the article I read today from a few days ago was saying, like, if he's playing James Paxton or Sean Maniah, they are going to play Josh Reddick. At least that's the plan. He, of course, has been a terrible hitter against lefties. 
Um, also, Hinch wants Beltron to play 30 to 40 games in left field. But but anyway, Josh Reddick, sleeper meter Here's a guy who, in 2015, hit 272 with 20 homers and 10 steals. And then had a really good 2016, first 41 games. He batted 322 with five home runs and four steals. And then he got hurt, missed like a month, and he was bad after that. Anyway, bad with the Dodgers. Yeah, he, got, he was bad with the Dodgers. And he said he got like one chance with the Dodgers to, to play like, – to prove himself against lefties, it didn't work out, and they immediately platooned him, and he, you know, it, I think it affected him. But anyway, Josh Reddick. Well, that was my hope when he went to the Dodgers was, oh, now look, he's leaving this terrible pitcher's park to go to. You know, Dodgers Stadium has kind of a reputation as a pitcher's park, but it's really not. It's it's especially for home runs. It's pretty good. But um, ain't Houston, is it? No, this is a good spot for not, him. Not Houston um, at all. I don't know that that's like the, for left-handed hitters because Houston's main. Hitting appeal is the short porch and left. Like, that's the main thing it has going for it. Throw out a sleeperometer number for me on Reddick. I'm going to go seven. He's not, he's got an ADP at around 350. Yeah. And it's not just the fact that he's going to the park, it's that he's going to a lineup that might be one of the best in baseball. Yeah. So, Dodger Stadium park factor for home runs and over 100 is above average. It's, it means it's favorable. For left-handers, Dodger Stadium was 120, and um, is it still Minute Maid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was 108. So Dodger Stadium, at least last year, was better for left-handed home run hitters than Minute Maid Park. Which one? Where is that coming from? StackCorner.com. See, see, I was looking at fan graphs, and it shows Astros is a 105 and Dodgers is a 104. So I, it, I didn't even I okay I didn't know they could be that different I thought that was something single year, I didn't either single year park factors are, <laughs> Stats are uh, stupid single year park factors are not all that useful you should use three year if possible so worth noting that well, maybe, maybe I don't one think it, does and maybe one doesn't look, it, look I don't it's, think I don't think it makes a big difference it's not a big difference right? in 2014 they were 105 and 104 as well <laughs> um, all right so look Reddick's in a good park <laughs> in a good lineup. I don't know how good of a hitter he is, but cheap cheap source of power. But playing against lefties, it's like with Bohr. I playing with lefties doesn't actually make him playing against lefties doesn't make him more promising. I think because he's so bad against lefties. Exactly, he's and a two eighteen career does. hitter. In points leagues, it does. So plate appearances totals, are important in points leagues. Yeah, that's why my team is amazing. So you don't, you don't ever draft a platoon hitter in a points league unless it's like super deep. Like it's just it's a waste of time. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, what was I going to say, guys? Um, all right, whatever. I forgot. So hopefully we have time to do all of the sleepers on every team, like we said yesterday. But right now, something very important. We got a new sponsor and a really awesome offer for the listeners. I'm very excited to tell you about Movement. It's spelled M-V-M-T when I give you the website. But Movement Watches, a new deal for you. And I think you're going to love it. The world's fastest-growing watch company with over 1 million watches sold worldwide. You want a beautiful watch at an amazing price. You should check out Movement Watches. So it's MVMTWatches.com. Go there. Just take a look. MVMTWatches.com. Movement Watches start at just 95 bucks At a department store, you're looking at 400 to $500. R- like ridiculously good value here before you even get to our offer, which I'll tell you about. Now, Movement figured out that by selling online, they're able to cut out the middleman and retail markup so you get the best possible price. Check out the collection. Classic design, quality construction, styled minimalism. Really, really nice watches. I I think you're going to be shocked at what you can get for 95 bucks and up. So here's the deal. You get 15% 15 off today with free shipping and free returns. That's pretty sweet. Go to 
mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball. You'll see what I'm talking about. Really cool watches. Now's the time to step up your game. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash fbaseball, as in fantasy baseball, and join the movement. All right, spring training stuff from yesterday. Some good, some bad. Mike Fires was good. Just it's noteworthy. If you own Joe Musgrove, you should be rooting against Mike Fires. Uh, Michael Brantley hit his second home run. He's hitting 391. Yeah, Byung, long one too. Byung Ho Park homered again and uh, got reassigned to the minor leagues this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he Robbie Grossman's going to be there opening day at DH for some reason. Taking him off the forty-man roster, like it just may have spelled his fate, regardless of what he did this spring. It seems to have because he couldn't have done any better. Doesn't mean he'll be down forever, but at least to start out. Jose Peraza hit his second home run. He's hitting three forty-three. And he has four steals, but in eight attempts. And Peraza last year stole 21 out of 31 bases in 72 games. It's, very, it's pretty bad for what you hope would be an elite bait stealer. I don't know how much that matters if he's just going to run and run and run. But what's your take on Jose Peraza and, again, hitting 343 with two home runs, four steals, eight, eight attempts? I don't think he's going to be a 50-steal guy if he's getting caught a third of the time. So I'm, I'm not saying because he got caught a third of the time last year and he's gotten caught half the time in spring that – He's definitely going to get caught a third of the time. Hmm. But if he continues getting caught at that rate, I believe, I can't imagine there's going to give him the Billy Hamilton green light. And it is worth noting that um, he kind of slowed down his stolen base rate a lot over the last couple of seasons in the minors. He was, you know, a, a 60 steal guy earlier on in his career in 2013 and 2014. But 2015, he stole 33, only 40 attempts in 118 games. So. He may not be that 50-steal guy some people are expecting him to be. I, I still think he will be. And I, I also noticed Keon Broxton has gotten been caught stealing, I think it's five times this spring. I noticed that too, yeah. but like, he had a pretty good – he had a very good rate last year. I just wonder if there's something about spring training stolen bases, like like hitters are, are really testing pitchers more because, you know, the it doesn't really matter the result or if they're just – trying to figure out how to read pitchers or if they're just more aggressive in general. I, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. No, they could not be going all out. It's only spring training. I just can't imagine being a guy like Broxton or Peraza. It's not like you have a guaranteed 600 plate appearances this year. Like I, I don't, think they're, I don't think they're jogging to second. Like No, there's, no. there's really no threat to Peraza's playing time. I think when they traded Brandon Phillips, that was made pretty clear, right? Yeah, I mean, well, then they got Scooter Jeanette, a so. guy who's <laughs> yeah. a guy who was. I mean, he hit three twenty four and two hundred forty one at bats and was a top prospect. I like. I guess it's possible he hits his batting average just bottoms out. Well, if know? it does, he's not going to probably give you anything else. It, right. If Peraza it's, struggles, I'm worried about Joey Votto. I I hate the Hamilton Peraza one too. I just I don't know. Like I, I could see it working out. They both have to have good seasons, I guess, but you're supposed to bat your best players at the top of the order, and we don't know if these guys are good hitters, especially Hamilton, and, and they have no pop. It's just kind of weird. Okay. It's very 2003 Marlins of them. It's going to be a lot they of do still have Juan Pierre, Luis Castillo. Yeah. Oh. We don't think Dilson Herrera could be a threat to him if Peraza gets off to a bad start? I would guess Dilson Herrera. He's still only 23. Like, A, I think it's so unlikely that Peraza just doesn't hit because he makes so much contact. And B, like, I think the long-term plan is they trade Zach Cozart, they move Peraza to shortstop, and then Dilson Herrera enters the lineup. But Dilson Herrera is not even healthy right now, right? Okay. 
All right, uh, more more spring training good stuff yesterday. Uh, Michael Waka, four innings, two runs, uh, four strikeouts against the Nationals. He's had a nice spring. Waka, Daniel Norris, uh, who else? Waka doesn't have the upside like that you're looking for with those late round picks, but like he's someone that if he stays healthy is almost certainly going to provide a nice return on investment on I, what you're drafting. I think he's a nice guy to have. Especially if he can be like your sixth or seventh or eighth starter, that you just he'll be very streamable. If he's, Waka's first start of the season is good, he's going to be added. Oh yeah, he's going to be one of the most added yeah. players. Yeah. Uh, Danny Duffy, scoreless, four scoreless innings, only two strikeouts. I know Chris, you were kind of monitoring Danny Duffy and the velocity. I don't know if yeah. there's been nothing to monitor since he left the WBC. I don't think. <laughs> well, uh, let's check. Uh, somebody keep talking. I'll All right, let's go to notes. our next guy. Uh, this is probably AL only, relevant only, but I don't know if you've seen Jordan Montgomery's minor league stats. Yankee starting pitcher might get the fifth spot in the rotation. He's been by far the best in the competition, and he had uh, a nice outing yesterday. Five innings, six hits, one run, <clears throat> four strikeouts against the Blue Jays. I think it was kind of a stripped-down Blue Jays lineup, but he has been the best and has made a case to be the Yankees' fifth starter. Most teams, by the way, won't need a fifth starter until mid-April. So keep that in mind. But AL only, Jordan Montgomery, his, his minor league numbers are really good. Yeah, there's something weird about that. Um, what's their Scranton-Wilkes bar? Is that their Wilkes AAA? Bay. Yeah, because him, Dietrich Inns, and Chad Green, right? Is Chad that Green, yeah. Chad Green. Like, they all had these crazy numbers at AAA last year, and none of them are really, like, considered high in no, well, we just Montgomery. Just, I think was like a sixth round pick, though. We just talked yesterday about how we thought Sanchez and Bird's power numbers in the minors might have been held down by the Yankees' parks. So okay. in the minors, yeah, so I, I think yeah. maybe the pitchers were helped. Like Dietrich Inns, look look at his numbers, and like I don't even think he cracked their top thirty prospect list on uh, Baseball America. So. All right, so you don't really have to pay attention to Montgomery. <laughs> uh, the bad from yesterday: Garrett Cole gave up three home runs. It was only his third start of spring training. He's not a home run guy. Uh, he's only he's never given up more than 11 in a major league season. Uh, but he had a bad start. Iwakuma had a terrible start. We continue to see him drafted. Probably doesn't really make sense, right? He's, he's a just, name people recognize. Yeah, Iwakuma, you don't need to draft. And Carrasco, another bad start. Remember, he, he had a terrible start. He got shut down. He's ready to go. He obviously he pitched yesterday, but four runs on nine hits in four innings, two homers against the Reds. Carrasco has a 1080 ERA this spring. You worried, Heath? I don't think I really am. I'm not as worried as I was 10 days ago, for sure. I I never moved him all the way back to where I had him ranked before the injury scare. Um, I think I dropped him like eight or nine spots when that happened, and I moved him back up like halfway. So to that extent, I'm not as optimistic as I was in February, but I'm not as worried as I was 10 days ago. All right, Carrasco or Cole Hamels? I'm taking Hamels. Yeah, I think so. This does have the feel of one of those, like, next spring we're like, well, he was hurt in spring, guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of course he had a bad season. I but he's going to bounce back I now. He's going to be bad fine. Start, a bad start to the season. Yeah, he. I was watching that. They were actually replaying it on MLB Network this morning. I was watching it right. He got lit up pretty hard right away. Duvall hit a an absolute bomb off of him. And Jose Peraza took him deep as well, which... Might be even more concerning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Carlos Carrasco, next year's bounce-back candidate. Anything on Duffy yet? <laughs> um, nothing for this most recent start. He did have a start. His previous start, the velocity was right in the 93-mile-an-hour range, so still uh, 
Still about two to three miles per hour down from where he was last season. Oh, I thought 93 would be good. No, it's uh, – this For spring. No, he's trended up a little bit. He's added about a half a mile per hour on his fastball since his first World Baseball Classic start, but uh, he was like 97 last spring. Let's do some bold predictions. On average, 97? I don't think yes. – Okay. So okay. He, was, he was Noah Syndergaard. By the way, oh, Noah Syndergaard, by the way. It a- may have been one spring start, too, because it is spring numbers. It could be two innings. 97 averages, like. 95.7, sorry. Oh, so he's okay. two miles per hour down. Okay. Noah Syndergaard adding a change-up this year. Wowzers. He should change up his motion I, so people can't run on him so easy. I thought yeah. he had a change-up. Throwing it more, then. Yeah. I, I thought No, I thought he was fastball, slider, curve. But uh, according to Brooks Baseball, he threw a changeup 11% of the time last season. Do we trust Noah Syndergaard, who's actually throwing it, or do we trust Brooks Baseball, well, who's observing He may it? have been throwing it, not even knowing he was throwing it, Maybe Scott. he was just <laughs> accidentally throwing a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. Maybe, yeah. Uh, all right, let's do bold predictions here. Let's start with Heath. Give me some bold predictions, sir. Travis Shaw is going to hit 35 donks. Wow. I presented the case Wear a cup, t- Brewers. T- two months ago. That uh, <laughs> that I said if he gets 600 plate appearances, 25 is the floor. You, uh, how many leagues do you actually own him in? I, I was just updating that spreadsheet this morning, and I have Travis Shaw in three leagues. Uh, how many are you in? Uh, I think I'm in nine so far. I've okay. got two left. That's a pretty nice percentage of Shaw. Yeah, he is my most owned third baseman for sure. Cool. So uh, not generally positioned at third base. I've usually got him on my bench or at my corner infield position because you don't have to draft him until the last round of the draft. But I have seen nothing happen this spring that concerns me about his playing time. In fact, it's kind of gone the other direction. You don't think he'll sit against lefties? I think he will in the beginning of the season. I think he will play against lefties. Okay. He has actually had a higher slugging percentage against lefties. He's been very good in, in the spring. I think he did last year, too. Okay. I, I will verify that. He's been very good against lefties this spring, but it's been 16 plate appearances. There is a chance still that Travis Shaw struggles in April against lefties, and he's sitting occasionally against them. I don't think he's going to play 162 games. Chris, bold prediction. Billy Hamilton steals 100 bases. Oh! 100 stolen nice. bases for Billy Hamilton. I, I think he gets the batting average up, even into the 265 range with the uh, – with the walk rate increase that he saw last season, he stole on 46% of his opportunities last season when he had an open base in front of him. He runs, that was the highest rate in baseball. Number two was Jose Peraza at like 37%. That gives you a yes. an idea of how often Billy Hamilton runs. Obviously, he's a great base stealer. We've seen the, the, the success rate increase. He's been like an 80-steal guy over the last two seasons, over 150-game pace. So really... yeah. It's more about staying healthy, but if he just and getting on base more, if he sustains the improvements that he showed last season, hitting the ball on the ground more, that's why I've been tar- I've been fine targeting him in the fifth round. He's someone that in a he, in a category in a in a, league, in a yeah. roto league. He's someone that that could be the only guy you target for steals. And and, and, if, okay. and if he steals a hundred bases, or even if he steals, I would say over eighty, he's going to be really good in points leagues too. I think eighty is a is a fair expectation if he's. If he's healthy. All right, Scott, give me a bold prediction. Matt Harvey is the Mets' best pitcher from May 1st on. 
No, you think Noah Syndergaard is going to miss that much time? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing against Noah, Noah Syndergaard. Noah going to take Harvey, a sabbatical. Matt Harvey just returns to his own Cy Young form and edges him out. Uh, I, I feel like the the research I've done on the surgery he had is so encouraging, and I feel like the kind of buildup he's had this spring only confirms that the velocity getting a little better each time out to the point he was hitting 97 occasionally in his last start. Still has a little bit of a ways to go, but May is basically the time Mike Fultonevich returned from the same procedure last year, and he also had it the previous August, just like Harvey. And uh, he was able to hit 100 right away. So Harvey's well on his way to doing that, and I think he'll be back. All right, my first bold prediction is that Gregory Polanco will be the best Pirates outfielder. Heath, second bold prediction. First, I need to make a correction. Travis Shaw's slugging percentage against lefties is higher for his career, not last year. Second bold prediction, Wade Davis is going to lead closers with 50 saves for the Chicago Cubs this year. They're going to win 108 games. He's (laughs) going to save 50 of them. Wow, he's going to save 50 games and 50 appearances before getting hurt? He will not be hurt. Well, he might get hurt, but he's going to get 50 games saved. All right, Chris, next bold prediction for you. All right, I'll go with the bold, bold one. Jock Peterson finishes top five in the NL MVP voting. That's pretty bold. That's it's bold. I Jock believe, Peterson. I believe in the pedigree. I think he might start stealing bases again. He's going to get on base a ton. He's a guy that if he if he manages to hit 280, that's a superstar. Okay. It, he's going to have to finish top five on the Dodgers first. But <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> How good is their lineup? Like, no, I, I very. struggle with that. It's not, he's but, definitely one of their five best hitters. I think Kershaw's the team MVP. I think yeah. he's Kenley probably, Jansen's getting votes before him. I think he's probably the second best position player on that team right now. Behind Turner? Seeger. Oh, Tur- I would say Turner's. You gotta, uh, I forgot about Seeger. you got to give Turner. Uh, uh, I think Grandall's better. Uh, maybe Grandall. That's, <laughs> that's maybe. I mean, Apparently Grandall, very good pitch very framer, Very good right? pitch framer, yeah. yeah. Baseball Prospectus has him projected to be, like, fourth in the NL and wins this season. All right, give me another bull prediction, Scott. Xander Bogarts drops outside of the top eight shortstops. Boo. And it's it's not even really so much his fault. I, I do think there's a chance he regresses a little, but I think it's more about the fact that we're already talking um, – you know, six deep at the position of, of ones who can compete with him. Uh, and then you add an Addison Russell, who I think, based on his peripherals last year, is poised for a very Bogarts-like season. I think Jose Peraza and Russell both. They're, they're, two, they're the two shortstops who I like most to um, kind of ascend into that upper echelon. And then there's Dansby Swanson, who has a lot of upside. Troy Tulowitzki could bounce back. I, I just think there are enough. There's The depth has increased at shortstop enough, and there are enough upside options even beyond that, that Bogarts could just look kind of tame by comparison. Okay. My second bold prediction, Blake Snell gets demoted before the All-Star break. He's like not even getting drafted right now. He's going really late. People are down on Blake Snell. Uh, and that's another guy. Throw him in with uh, Rodon and Mats and Nola, a guy that I would have, you know, I was never too high on him. No, you've hated him since the moment I said I liked him. <laughs> I just think that if he has a good season, it's going to be second half and, you know, After he gets pick up. him up off free agents, off waivers. That's what I originally thought. Now, yeah, now I think it's, he's going to get demoted. Um, but, okay, that's, uh, that's my second prediction. Heath, your third and final. Cesar Hernandez will finish ahead of Gene Segura. 
Oh. With okay. a three seventy five on base, thirty stolen bases, and ninety runs scored from the leadoff position. All right. All right. Chris? Two players will hit 50-plus home runs in the majors this season. I don't think it's happened since Chris Davis in 2013. Uh, we haven't had multiple 50-homer guys since 2007. And they will be? I think there's a lot of options, the most obvious ones being Chris Bryant and Giancarlo Stan, but I also think Nolan Arenado has the skill set to do it. Uh, Chris Davis? Chris Davis, either one, both Chris Davi. Mark Trumbo has the skill set to do it. And I'll throw out a real dark horse. Ryan Schimpf, we have not talked about this guy. I know he's got holes in his game. I know he's got big holes. very, very limited pedigree, but he had a 65% fly ball percentage last season and a 39% hard hit percentage. You can understand why he might not like, hit 200. Yeah, but <laughs> he might only need like an 18% home run to fly ball rate to get to 50 home runs at the way he uh, the way he swings the bat. That fly ball percentage is just like it's the, such an outlier he had for the rest the, of the league, I, which I don't It's an outlier thing, forever for, for yeah. like anybody. He also, <laughs> yeah. according to StatCast, had the highest uh, average launch angle at like 28%. I think nobody else was above 21%. It's a lot All of right, can of corns. Too many. Too uh, bold. Uh, last prediction, Scott? Uh, this will be different from the one Chris posted the, the one I gave Chris for his column that's up on the site. Um, the Diamondbacks have three must-own starting pitchers other than Zach Granke. I don't know which of Robbie Ray, Patrick Corbin, Taiwan Walker, and Shelby Miller, which of the three it'll be, but I'm, I'm thinking of those four who all have high, high ceilings. I think three will break out. And I also think that means the Diamondbacks have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say that the Diamondbacks seem to be when I did the standings, you know, Chris was very kind to include me in standings predictions this year. The Diamondbacks were the team I felt had the most like sleeper appeal. I could see them having a really good year. They've built a very Chris Towers team. Yeah. Good offense, high variance high pitching. variance pitching, okay. A little worried about the bullpen. Uh, my last prediction is barely bold anymore. It was like a week ago. Now, not so much. Greg Bird has a better season than Hanley Ramirez. I, I still think it's pretty bold. <laughs> you got to take Hanley over Bird, but that's my prediction. Bird better than Hanley. Uh, all right. Anything that you guys want to say about the podcast league? We should probably go over our teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the two takeaways for me is that plate appearances matter and in, in points leagues. And you got to stray from ADP when you have when you adjust your league. If you think if pitchers are going really early, then fine, whatever. Like Chris, I asked you guys where you take Matt Harvey. I think you said like round fifteen. That was a few days ago. Chris took him in round. Well, let's find out for sure. Uh, it was about round ten overall. Yeah. Round ten. Fourth and pick I was, of round ten. I was gearing up to take him with my next pick so that's at the ten so eleven mad. turn. So yeah. I don't know why you say I was mad. We were in a chat room. I just marveled at you taking Matt Harvey. I don't know why you. Injected Scott, emotion. You were yelling. That. You were a little <laughs> mad online. I did not use capital letters. I'm going to say this. I had the sixth pick, and I was choosing between Chris Bryant and Paul Goldschmidt, and I really like Goldschmidt, uh, in, especially in this format. I mean, he's he's great. Whatever. I do feel like I couldn't pass up Bryant because I could see him hitting 50 home runs. I could see him being the number one pick in fantasy next year. Uh, you know, Trout's obviously Trout, but Bryant could be. I think he's the. I think he could be the best player in baseball. I think forward. he's the only player in baseball right now that has sixty homer potential. Yeah. So I, I, I want Chris Bryant. Hot take. I want Chris Bryant on my team this year. <laughs> All right. I'll just, I'll just give my team real quick. So, always want to get the elite catcher if I can in the shower format. I'm taking. I piggybacked on on that from from Heath and Scott. 
Uh, Jonathan Lucroy, Carlos Santana in a points league, really good pick, even if he has a down year. <laughs> Great pick. It's true. It's Great true. Pick. It really Can you is. say that really good pick after every one of your I was very players. happy with this team. I, I was. I think uh, I think that was one of the players I feel like I should have taken instead of Gregory Polanco was Carlos Santana. Devin Travis uh, was the last person to take a second baseman. Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa was my second-round pick. My outfield is interesting. Uh, George Springer, Kyle Schwarber. That was the other plate appearance guy, hopefully. Yeah, not really. Well, he's going to lead off for the Cubs. For 140 games. He's, he's gonna gonna get, get, Leading off for the Cubs in 140 games is like hitting yeah, fifth but, for 150 games. But he's games not going to get lineups. that many of those five plate appearance games, I think. He'll get a lot of four plate appearance games. But he's going to get pulled for defensive replacements. Or he could gain catcher eligibility. Equally as likely. But you've already got Jonathan LaCroix. So then I'll trade one. Useless. I'll trade one. Uh, so Springer, Schwarber, and Keon Broxton. Obviously, that's your while. weakness. That's not I a good number three out. I, can I mention something about Broxton since we're here? Yeah. The whole Jesus Aguilar thing. How much is he going to play? How much is Hernan Perez going to play? Particularly if Travis Shaw's playing every day. Yep. Um, I could see how that imp- how that might impact Keon Broxton's playing time. They've been playing Eric Thames in the outfield more later in spring training. I don't really know how it's going to work. They all have the, way too many hitters. That's fine, but, but they listen. all have a small margin for error. But I mean, like, there's but a lot of guys. Santana, who are Broxton, bad. Perez. That, you go cold, and you might not see the field for a while. That's yeah. fine, and that's why if I take Keon Broxton as my number three outfielder, I drafted Carlos Beltran and Hunter yeah. Renfro. Right, on my three bench. outfielder league. It's easy to find so a replacement. So easy. Like you can, you don't need a great third outfielder in a three outfielder league. It's just, it's so easy to find these guys that, on waivers. Right, but you're saying you're you're not going to have a good third outfielder. Like you're, you're no, I'm going to have a good third it, outfielder. He I just mean, might not be on my roster. I think right number two was, outfielder is a third outfielder. Beltran was Schwarber? a solid yes. third outfielder last year. Yeah, very solid and. Like, that's a position you can find. I wasn't. I didn't mean that as a critique of your Broxton pick, because particularly in a shallower league like this, you go for the upside and and you know adjust if it doesn't pan but out. You will but will probably have a bad third clearly, outfielder I, relative to the rest of the. Clearly, league. I'm weak right now at third outfield. I think that's that's a good spot to be weak at in a yeah. league like this, in a I ten agree. team league or in a twelve team league with three outfielders. And my utility is Michael Franco, and I could be weak there too. I could be, but I I like getting. Franc- I always see it. Sano, Franco, Jake Lamb. I love getting one of those guys as my utility. They go in similar spots. Uh, my pitchers are Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Danny Salazar, Sean Manaya, and Robert Gazelman. It's, it's okay. It's fine. I feel like a lot of people are going to be kind of uneasy about their pitching staffs. And uh, I have Alex Cobb, Ivan Nova, and Eduardo Rodriguez on the bench. And I have Kelvin Herrera and Dylan Bundy at relief pitcher. So I'm happy with the team. I would have liked I would have liked Stroman. I didn't get him. I would have liked a more reliable number four starter than I thought I may have reached for Manaya. But uh, it's a talk very about, solid team. You rarely don't have solid teams, Adam. I think Thank we've you, buried man. the lead for long enough. Can we talk about how good my team is? Yamani Money Tomas Probs. Oh, by the way, I, my team name is Apollo Kreeth. It's a great team name. Almost <laughs> as good. It, it is very good. I, I pointed that out even before I knew it was Adams in the chat room last night. I will say before he. Th- Mentions his team. I do. I do think. I do think Heath has the best team of the four of us. Wow, really? Yeah. That yes. is high for praise for the lowest score in week one, though. I hate. Is it really? I hate Heath's team. Well, that's because I have David Price. I hate Heath's hitting. Okay, so my hitters. I've got Wellington Castillo at catcher. Yeah, he'll Whatever. get dropped. That's, that's he will not get dropped. I'll trade you Schwarber when Schwarber's <laughs> catcher eligible. Chris Davis is my first baseman. DJ LeMayhew is my second baseman. Let me ask you a question. I took Santana, Carlos Santana, two picks before you took Chris Davis. Who would you have taken in this? I have them back-to-back in my rankings. I probably would have taken Santana. Okay, so Wellington Castillo, Chris Davis, DJ LeMayhew. 
Manny Machado is my third baseman. I thought I was going to play him at short, but then I took Xander Bogarts as my shortstop. My outfield is not a weakness with Charlie Blackman, Starling Marte, and Odubel Herrera. My third, third outfielder is better than yours. Keon what? Brox is better than Odubel Herrera? Or Carlos no. Beltran that is over absurd. Herrera. That's, or Hunter Renfro. I love, that, I love that you keep taking Odubel Herrera because I have no interest in taking him, and there are good <laughs> players on the board at that point. I'm I like, took him at... Like the 14th round of the draft. Very good players available. You have three outfielders that might not combine to score as much as Odubel. <laughs> George Spring. My utility is Big Kin. Uh-huh. Much Kendrick better Morales. than your utility. 40 dongs. Uh, and then on the bench, of course, I got Travis Shaw and Yasmani Tomas. A lot of flexibility there. I like that. I appreciate that you drafted the guy your team is named after. It was. It's a must. Yeah, it's good for you. My pitching staff is Cueto, Hamels, David Price, Jared Eikhoff, Aaron Nola, Robbie Ray, Brandon Finnegan, Blake Snell, Wade Davis, and Roberto Asuna. All right, yeah, let's and read it again. Cueto, Hamels, Price, Eikhoff, Nola, Robbie Ray, and then uh, Snell on the bench. You'll, you'll cut him. Brandon Finnegan, uh, <laughs> Wade Davis, and <laughs> Roberto Asuna. No, that, that's why I don't love your hitting. Your pitching is outstanding. No, I, I think that's – like he didn't – I don't feel like he skimped on hitting in the way I did, and yet – if and when David Price comes back, right. maybe just a month into the season, he probably has the best one, two, three in the league. Yeah, you, you did a very good job with the pitch. Let's just hope he comes back because I've taken him in three straight drafts now. So, <laughs> so let's, get, uh, let's get to white noise. Scott White, go ahead. Okay, so Buster Posey is my catcher. Obviously, no concerns there. Uh, unless you're Chris. Daniel Murphy <laughs> is my first baseman. Dustin Pedroia. Ryan Healy. <laughs> what? <laughs> this At, is Scott White, strong infield all preseason in every mock draft we do. And then we get to the real like draft. And this draft, I, I swear, <laughs> drafting with a punch, bunch of people who, you know, listen closely to everything you're saying. Like, there was, like, I feel like every pick from round five on, I was drafting a round and a half too early because they weren't mixing in the guys I always avoid to push the guys I like back. Um, Addison Russell's my shortstop, so at least to start out, that looks like a weakness. My outfield is Mike Trout, Gregory Polanco, eventually Ian Desmond. Right now yeah, I have Jose. Good. Right now I have Jose Peraza filling in, that's and good. then I have Hanley Ramirez in my utility. So, I mean, I obviously have a task ahead of me at third base. I wish I had a better shortstop. I usually do, but I do feel like I have some contingency at shortstop because Addison Russell and Jose Peraza are my two favorite breakout candidates at the position. And I got them both. Obviously, if, if they both work out, I can play Peraza at the outfield. I could potentially play him at second if Dustin Pedroia gets hurt. You know, if Hanley Ramirez doesn't pan out, I have I don't, Murphy, I don't who I can toggle between first and second. Yeah, I have Ian good, Desmond, man. who I could potentially move to first. So, like, my, my weak positions other than third base, if it goes wrong, I have a lot of, like, flexibility there. All right, let's get your pitchers. Uh, my pitching staff is going to have to be what sets my team apart. Um, and... My second and third pitchers are two that I know at least Kreeth doesn't like. Um, Corey Kluber, number one. Kyle Hendricks, number two, with the first pick of round five. That's where the reaching started for me. Rick Porcello, number three. Rich Hill, number four. I think that's a great number four. Yep. John Gray, number five. I think that's a pretty good number five. And then I have Matt Moore and Jeff Samarja. Just kind of some upside there, but mostly safety net options for my bench um yeah relievers are jim johnson francisco rodriguez and greg holland i know that's weird i never see you take three i feel yeah and you always wait you always wait on relief pitcher and i just i wonder if this is the wrong year to do that 
I don't really think so. Like, I, I would have liked to get like Alex Colomay as my number one. I would have liked to. It just didn't work out. K-Rod had 44 saves last year. And, yeah. you know, I, I think he's safe for what should be a borderline contender. I, I think he's fine. I don't think I'll ever be looking to replace him. And Greg Holland, the reason I took him, I took Jim Johnson and Greg Holland back-to-back with my last two picks. I mean, Jim Johnson probably doesn't have a ton of upside, but Greg Holland certainly does. If he just, you know, looks like Greg Holland of old, I'll be happy I made that pick, and then, you know, it doesn't matter what happens with Jim Johnson. I am chuckling because it's time to look at Chris's team. I do want to point out, you did mention one player that I don't think we've talked about this, and that's Jeff Samarja. His velocity has been way down in the spring. Oh, really? uh, from what I've seen, he's been sitting like 89 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, he was my seventh pitcher draft. No, 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 I wasn't actually criticizing your team. I was just, we haven't mentioned that about Jeff Samarja. Sure. So in order to troll Heath, Chris's team, ya, Yamani Money to, Tomas Problems? That was the Yasmani Money Tomas Problems. Yeah, like that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's Mo Money Mo Problems. Right. You didn't get any of that. <laughs> Mini Money Moss problems. But it's nothing. Many money, moss problems. Well, Chris's team name is Two Yasmati Cooks. Which is way better. Yeah, I've got better. a picture of Smarf wearing an Arizona Diamondbacks hat. I've got a picture of Yasmati Tomas in a cowboy outfit. I don't know who Smarf is. You didn't watch too many cooks? No. Yeah. You should watch too many cooks. <laughs> All right. So it's a reference to like a TV show? Because I just thought oh, it yeah, was I just the expression. Too many cooks guys, in the kitchen. Did you guys yeah. miss too many cooks? I'm sorry, Chris. I think we did. Wow. Yeah. Different generation. So it was like six months ago. Your lineup. <laughs> yeah, my lineup's great. I've pretty much got uh, I've got Yasmani Grandal at catcher, Joey Votto at first base, D Gordon at second base, Adrian Beltre, Jonathan VR, Andrew Benintendi, Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton, and Freddie Freeman as my Slow utility. Slow it down, my friend. Slow it down. Yeah, let I, people let people soak it in, soak in the greatness of your lineup. Yasmani Grandal is my catcher. Joey Votto Let's at first speed base, it up a little, yeah. D. Gordon at second, Adrian Beltre at third, Jonathan VR at short, Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton, and Andrew Benintendi in the outfield, and Freddie Freeman. Now, I will probably have to bench and uh, Adrian Beltre for week one. Good news is Jonathan VR's third base eligible. I can just slide Dansby Swanson in I- as my shortstop, and I've got Victor Martinez and Tommy Joseph on the bench. Two guys with. I don't know if Victor Martinez has big upside, but I think Tommy Joseph has 40 homer upside. So you could just slide him in whenever you're not starting Joey Votto or Freddie Freeman. I could trade someone. Right. I don't. I could do that. I, there have been a lot of your teams where you have taken the same approach, mm-hmm. and I've liked all of them better than this one. I don't feel like this set of hitters looks like I didn't take any pitchers in the first eight rounds. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's got Freeman, Votto... Harper, Stanton. Yeah, like I get you hate Freddie Freeman, but like I got him 40th overall as my utility. Yeah, I think it's just. A, I think this is just a reflection of how much Heath hates Freeman and Jonathan VR. Because like I and, see, it I guess probably, like, okay. and I'm lower on Beltre, and everyone's lower on Gordon than you. All right, that's, we got we got to wrap Heath things clearly, up here. I, mean, so. I, I think Chris clearly has the best starting lineup. It's just the pitching staff. Yeah, and the pitching staff: than... Kevin Gosman, Matt Harvey, Joe Ross, Vince Velasquez. Taiwan Walker, my relievers are Sam Dyson and AJ Ramos, who I think are just kind of pretty decent relievers. And then I've got Francisco Liriano and Shelby Miller on my bench. Liriano yeah, could I like end that up pick. being my best starting pitcher. Hey, he I could. think that uh, I'm surprised that – I don't know. I'm just surprised that you took Tommy Joseph. It seems like a luxury. I probably would have had another starting pitcher if I were you on the bench. Like if you're going to take this approach, shouldn't you have at least eight I like, starters? I like the upside in the rotation. 
Yeah, I oh, you have a lot of upside. There, I there's wanted, a lot of potential. I wanted hits. Tommy Joseph. Uh, you're you're going to drop Tommy Joseph. It's you're going to drop Tommy Joseph. A, you have you're Joey dro- Votto and Freddie Freeman. What the hell do you own? <laughs> you're going to drop Tommy Joseph after I trade him to you for your number one starter because he's going to hit 40 dongs. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. In these types of leagues, you just have to sacrifice. There are going to be good players on the waiver wire. You just can't draft everybody you want. Yeah. So, I'm. Um, you know, you're going to drop Tommy Joseph. I, I, but <laughs> there's a decent chance I may drop Tommy Joseph at some point. Yeah. I think I'm going to say you drop Tommy Joseph before the season starts on Sunday. No. <laughs> no, everybody's making all these roster moves before the season. I don't really like doing that unless there's like a super obvious. But like I'm seeing like nine roster moves every time Fab runs. And it's like, well, some of Why'd you draft your team if you hated so some much? Some of these drafts were really early before there was yeah, much in but the way of a spring training. Some of them have not been that early. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. And and some I guess some players are going on DL now. Yeah. Uh, before we end it, I just want to give a shout out since, you know, we get these listeners in our league and then a lot of times don't mention how well they're doing. Jason Green, owner of Pill Pushers, he had the opposite bookend pick for me. I think he has the best team in the league. He, I thought you said that, and then we looked at his team and determined that he didn't have the best team. He has a bad outfield, but he has a great pitching staff and a great infield. I'm assuming he took a bunch of guys that you like more than we do. I don't know that he has a great infield. Is this a great infield, How people many at home? He has Wilson Contreras, no Braves. Wilson Contreras, Miguel Cabrera, <laughs> Brian Dozier, Todd Frazier and Aledmus Diaz. And then Evan Longoria is utility. That's a good right. infield. That's Come on, that's great. It's a very it's good a infield. Great All right, infield. I'm looking at it again. It may not be the best team in the league, <laughs> but it's really good. I All did right. marvel during the draft. He was often the guy, you know, right after I made those pick on the one bookend, I would be like, I hope these two guys get back to me. And he repeatedly on the other bookend took one of them. I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to read emails. I'm sorry that I'm cutting Heath off. Uh, we're done for the day. Tomorrow is Friday, and it's almost baseball time, and we're going to give you our predictions for the standings, for MVP, all the awards, but obviously we'll talk fantasy baseball. Some some of you are going to be drafting on Saturday and Friday night, so we will help you, and uh, I will do my best to read more emails. I do apologize for that. For Chris, for, for Scott, for Heath, I'm Adam. See ya.